This is the Guardians and Gladiators podcast. I'll let you know. Special Olympics-based show with your hosts, Lozy and Coach. And welcome to Guardians and Gladiators. Today, my name is Lozy, and always with me is my good friend, Coach. How you doing, Lozy? Pretty good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for asking. How's your week been? Good. Excellent. What'd you, what have you done? Not too much. Not just too much. working. Just working. It's that it. time of year again where the restaurants are getting packed. Mm-hmm. The hotel that, or the, what is it? The Idlewild Inn. Oh, uh, well, Idlewood Inn. Idle, yeah. Yeah, so you're getting busy with, uh, what is it, Christmas parties now? Christmas parties and gatherings, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, we have a special guest in, in studio today. You want to do the introductions? Introductions. Today's guest is a Paralympic athlete, gold medalist champion. Is that right? Silver medalist. Silver medalist (laughs) champion in two different Paralympic Paralympic events. events. Dr. (laughs) David Howe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What an introduction, eh? Wow. Great introduction, yes. Great. What a mess. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all it's good. All, it's all part of the life plan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for coming out to the uh, to the studio here today. You're very welcome. Very, uh, very honored to have you here. So not only are you a Paralympic athlete, but you are also a doctor in doing research for something very near and dear to... The show in our hearts. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I, I'm, tra- I'm used to be a Paralympic athlete. I'm no longer a, an active and competitive athlete, but um, I am trained as a medical anthropologist. And the area in which I research is disability in sport, um, broadly speaking. Part of which, obviously, includes the Special Olympics. Right. That's awesome. So in the uh, Paralympics that you participated in, what was the event? I was a um, track and field middle distance runner. And both of my um, good races, I guess, in, in 1988 and 1992 were over 5,000 meters. Oh, wow. cow. That's middle distance? That, that's, that's how I define it, yes. <laughs> from, from 800 meters to 5,000 meters is middle distance because you've got 10,000 in marathon yeah. that are long distance, yeah. obviously. Wow. Yeah, I remember in uh, elementary school, long distance was 800 meters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I suppose it was. <laughs> well, good for you. That's, that's, uh, that's quite a feat. Yeah, and I, I think mean, the 88 was Belgium? 88 was Seoul, Korea. Korea. So we were... Um, big thing for Canadians, we we flew into Korea after the whole Ben Johnson scandal, mm-hmm. and the, one of the first things that all the athletes did was get their picture taken in the lane that Ben had been in in 1988 yep. when he um, uh, disgraced himself. Yep. I don't think he disgraced Canada. He no. disgraced himself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we'll go for, Let's definitely keep go with that. that way. Absolutely. That's cool, though. I mean, neat that uh, that you were able to do that. Yeah. Um. Out of the the two, what was the probably the more special one? Um, the more special one was definitely Barcelona, mm-hmm. um, because my family was uh, most of my family was able to be in the stands, and so to to share share the moment with them, 
um, was really quite special. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go any further with the questions, and we definitely do want to delve more into that a little bit, um, the dad joke of the day. I had to look this one up really quick because I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't have one prepared. Uh-oh. So I have a sort of a research-ish one. It's not directly in your field, but um, what do you call an accountant for the biolo- biology department? <laughs> what is that? I have no idea. <laughs> a biologist. Because <laughs> <laughs> he buys stuff. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> and that was the joke of the day. The dad joke of the day. <laughs> so, well, again, thanks for coming out. Um, you were referred to us by Rick Walker. Okay, I believe he yes. uh, he's a uh, he's a good you know guest generator for us. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he's uh, one of the long-standing volunteers in the uh, Special Olympics. Yeah, not sure how we got your name. He may have got it from um, I was recently at their uh, general meeting in Toronto and I spoke there about my research oh, probably. and the, the call uh, from you or the email from you came shortly thereafter. So yeah. it, was, it was, it was some uh, special Olympics connection and, and the position that I hold at Western actually is, mm. is funded by um, special Olympics Canada and, and chapters across the country. It's, it's um, uh, the Frank Hayden endowed chair. Yes. In yeah. sport and social impact. Okay. And so the, the sport, um, that I that I focus on is disability sport. Mm-hmm. Um, doing some research um, on on Special Olympics, but continuing with uh, Paralympic research, right. and uh, even have student doing um, starting research into the Deaf Olympics as well. Okay. So, so it's right across the uh, disability sports space. Sure. And uh, obviously, I mean, it's probably a loaded question, but what what you know made you pursue that research? Well, I didn't, I didn't focus on disability sport for my PhD. My PhD was looking at the professionalization of sports medicine. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I didn't focus on disability sport is because I was, a, I was still a competing athlete while I did my PhD. Okay. So I didn't want to just be consumed with mm. looking at disability sport. Sure. But once I finished and I'd published a few things related to my PhD... I knew that um, I'm in a very privileged position, being somebody with with uh, who experiences disability, who also has the um, uh, sort of the academic capital in order to explore these topics. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really really important because um, there hadn't been many people working in the field that actually had firsthand experience of disability. True, and so I thought that that was. <laughs> that might be an added edge or it might give me an insight that others wouldn't have. Oh, cool. So wh- what does your like research contain? Like, uh, well, it contains a lot of, a lot of re- background reading. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new to researching in the uh, special Olympic space issues around intellectual and developmental disability. So I spent a, a, a good year just reading up mm-hmm. on what other people had done in the area okay. so that you get a background of what's gone before. Mm-hmm. And then it's a qu- the question of uh, 
figuring out what sort of questions are interesting for me and might be interesting for the the Special Olympics uh, community. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the real fiddles is that you 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 go to Special Olympics events and and athletes and and their parents and so on. Mm-hmm. They talk glowingly about the Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. One of the difficulties is to find the people that aren't involved with Special Olympics mm-hmm. and ask them why they're not. Right. You know, it's if you if you go to the the the, the tribe that you're exploring, mm-hmm. it's it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Most people think what's going on is is pretty good. It can yeah. be changed and altered in some way. Mm-hmm. But what about those people w- that have um, IDD and parents of children with IDD that don't engage in the Special Olympics community. Right. And it's, it, that's a real, it's a real fiddle as to how to talk to those people. Right. You know, I can talk to you. I can talk to um, the people in and around London. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I've been numerous places all over Ontario so yep. far. But what I, what I can't, accessing the people that decide not to engage in the Special Olympics. Yep is as important, right. I believe, mm-hmm. as the people that do. Right. So you can, because I want the research ultimately to help the movement. Yep. And so we need to know why certain people are not engaging with it. Okay, so that's kind of the end goal. Like the, the end result of the research is, I, I'm gathering sort of like putting your child or, or somebody with an intellectual disability into sport will increase... Well, there's all sorts of research that says Mm -hmm. sport increases positive uh, quality of life and all these sorts of things. Unfortunately, now there's a there's a darker side of um, we we hear about events in Hockey Canada. Mm -hmm. We hear about events in gymnastics and there's a real need to make sporting spaces safer. Okay, so, you know, that. The, the negative side, the negative bit aside, you know, sport isn't just a good thing. Sure. And so, but we want to enhance what's good about it. Right. And we want to learn from other programs that might be um, connected to people with um, intellectual and developmental disabilities mm-hmm. that, that might not be about the Special Olympics. Yep. I'm, I'm a sport fanatic. Yeah. Okay. I love all sport. Yep. I'm really loving the World Cup. Um in spite of the fact that Canada didn't play very well. Hey, we uh, got a goal. We, we, two. Two, yes. One was an own goal, however. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love sport at the, at the high performance level. But I think that physical activity in general. is much more important. P- people being physically active is yeah. much more important. Yeah. And also, you know, if, if somebody with an intellectual disability wants to engage in the arts or theater or this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of activities should be made available to them. I just research sport and physical activity. For sure. But there's much more to the, the rich tapestry of life yeah. than sport. For sure. Now, in your research, have you, like, obviously, you know, by the sounds of it, you, you do focus mostly on Special Olympics. But with being in London, have you talked to or experienced any of the outside of um, Special Olympics programs like George Bray Hockey, um, which is an all abilities hockey program. That's not right. 
No, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with that. I'm familiar with the unified sport programs okay. that, that, um, take place on, at least in this area on mm-hmm. Western's campus. Yeah. And they, they take place on campuses all, all across the country, sure. which is, but I, but the whole unified model, the, um, all abilities model mm-hmm. is really, really important. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's about equity and for me, and it's about celebrating difference Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting people together for physical activity and so on of all abilities. And so a a program such as the one you talk about is is something that would be worth exploring, certainly. Yeah, it's it's a good hockey program. Yeah, because Chris Chris started in it. Yeah, I played in it. My daughter has now started in it. Yeah, and and where where is that? Is that based locally? Uh, yeah. yeah, at uh, Kin Kinsman's Arena. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Kinsman at Arena, just a hop, skip, and a jump from Western there. Right. Yeah. Um, they play there every Saturdays. Saturday, right? Yep. Um, we had the president, um, Murray. Murray, right? Uh, president Murray, he was on. Um, great guy to talk to. So if you do get a chance, um, we definitely. We could probably put you in touch too. Yeah, I mean that would be great. Yeah, he's uh, he's a fantastic guy. He's more than willing to talk about George Bray because he wants to get obviously you know more people. Normally he has what it was like a few hundred, two to four hundred players. It's about between two fifty and four three ninety yeah. athletes out. And that's all abilities, uh, pretty much all ages from what do you say, like four to. 50 like yeah. right okay yeah, yeah. so yeah. It's, it's a it's a great program so like and i and i do you know i think more and more programs need to be inclusive like that yeah so i really i really um think the 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 unified program for example gives mm-hmm. the the relatively privileged students of western um you know an understanding mm-hmm. of intellectual disability and, yep. and so yeah. on and, and, and working with them in, in, in team uh, with the athletes yeah. in team settings. I think it's really, it's a really, really important educational tool. Yeah. yeah definitely uh, grounds people. I think. Yes. A little bit. Um, you know, it, it, it shows them how to work a little bit more patiently with people and, you know, it's, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. I played unified golf with, with Chris and, Right. Um, but I mean, uh, myself, and I, I've explained this before, you know, I grew up, my, my mom was a, a PSW, so we had an in, in-home care for uh, people with intellectual disability. So I've been around uh, people with, I guess, I, I, IDs, right? Yes. Uh, all my life. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing, and, and I've, I've immensely enjoyed working with Special Olympics. Yes. I, I think the, the, you know, to... I, where I started in terms of doing this research was looking and exploring the relationship that parents have with their children with IDD mm-hmm. because I was really, really interested in, um, you know, what what um, they found a value in the, in the Special Olympics program and mm-hmm. so on. And subsequently, our research has taken a slight shift to, to look at families mm-hmm. and... You know, and part of this is 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 autobiographical in some ways. In that, um, while I don't have an intellectual disability, I know that um, my brother and sister growing up with me, somebody I was the oldest child, mm-hmm. and I had a physical disability, so I had different, <coughs> slightly different needs. Mm-hmm. 
and you know how how that impacted on my brother and sister's socialization and their understanding of the world and, mm-hmm. and you know these sorts of things and so I'm really really keen yeah you know we're currently starting the exploration to to explore you know the impact that it has mm-hmm. you know your your story is a, is a is a familiar one somebody who's who's socialized into realizing that somebody with IDD isn't th- that different yeah. to you yeah. and you know everyone else mm-hmm. and so it's it's these kinds of moments that you know hopefully will make the world a better place for yeah. for um you know people who experience difference through disability really yeah. Have you been to any of the like provincial games or anything to watch Special Olympics? Uh, I haven't, no, because partly because of the the pandemic, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, a lot of a lot of things were closed right down. Yeah. True. Um, one of my uh, master's students was, you know, she was she was leading mm-hmm. um, uh, aerobics classes and fitness classes online yep. during the pandemic mm-hmm. for for. Uh, people um at special olympics but also for the motion ball community yeah so you know that all the sort of um events that were supposed to go on in 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 live Mm -hmm. haven't really taken off i mean they started back again this summer yes but there's a backlog of things that still need to be um you know become live again yes yeah for sure well uh, this weekend unfortunately chris can't make it but we're having um, sort of a like a small. I don't know if it's going to be considered a hometown games. I know no. our, our powerlifting event um, more or less was, but no, I don't think it was advertised for that. No, but I know. Oh yeah. Anyways, um, this weekend there's there's going to be a um, Special Olympics floor hockey uh, tournament happening at uh, B. Davidson High School. Oh right. Yeah. So I mean, if you're <laughs> want something to look at and chat with people, I'm sure you could come on down and. That I'll get details after we we stop recording. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. last weekend, um, my powerlifting team we had um like a hometown games competition, and it's it's the first competition that the powerlifting athletes have had obviously since before um before the pandemic, and uh, they were just over the world just to see everybody again and and get into that competition yeah. spirit and. I uh I, I did like a little um highlight video of of after it and uh you know some of the parents and and some of the relatives that uh couldn't make it from out of town were commenting on it and they're just like oh this is so amazing cuz some of them it's been their first competition yep and uh they're like oh my god it's so amazing to see them like be happy and like see them compete and you know mm. it was an amazing thing so i, I I love it. No, and 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 this, it's it's so so difficult, um, you know, to 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 make sense of of why these events aren't happening too. That's one of yeah. the that's one of the the issues, and and um, you know, we hope things are going back to normal, but there's still threats of yeah, normalish. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're definitely making concessions to to make sure that they do happen. Obviously, with uh, you know, Special Olympics is is mandating that uh the athletes and coaches have to wear masks now but um you know it's obviously for the safety of the athletes so that we can continue doing these events and, yes and that they yeah. don't get canceled again because nope. that, that's been the worst thing 
No more cancellation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, like when we when we went back the first time, and we got a few weeks in at, at floor hockey. Yep. And then they, you know, they announced that everything was shutting down again. Like it was just, it would be heartbreaking. It was. Oh, yeah. it, was yeah. it was heartbreaking to see these guys because they're, you know, they've been off for years, and then, you know, we get back, and then two, three weeks later, it's like, no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. So pr- prior to your. Um, Paralympics. How was it for you for growing up with sport, being in sports? Then what it be like today? Uh, it was it was a long time ago. I'm an old man now. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was one of the. F- I was certainly the only uh, in my high school. I was. I think I was the only person with a physical disability. So high schools weren't integrated like they are today. Um, so. It was a little bit different, but I also had the benefit of going to the high, a high school where my father was a teacher, and he had taught uh, a couple of the phys ed teachers, mm-hmm. and so they were, you know, they they were really, really good yeah. in terms of, um, you know, giving me giving me grades in physical education mm-hmm. that were based on what my body could do sure. rather than what the normal body could yeah, do. which makes sense. And, you know, but the things, the problems still existed. So, you know, the, the, the selecting teams in gym class, the two best athletes pick the teams. Obviously. Yeah. And, and at least initially, particularly in grade nine, when I was first there, mm-hmm. you know, I was always picked last. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I was never picked last the second time we did a sport because I was more coordinated than somebody in the class. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was always that was always really difficult. Yeah. Um, and but you know my father was a track coach at the school mm-hmm. and I ran cross country and ran track and uh, disability sport for people with cerebral palsy, which is what the the impairment that I have, it affects the right hemisphere, the right side of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, th- disability sport was going on internationally for people like me, mm-hmm. but my father would d- discouraged me from getting involved in in disability sport until I was on my own. So you can do whatever you want when you leave my house, yeah. but and I think it. And I think it was one of the best things that happened to me because, really? you know, I, I can compete sure. at things like running mm-hmm. with the average person. Sure. And it, it taught me the humility of getting my butt kicked okay. in sport. Yeah. Whereas if I'd gone into Paralympic sport right away, I would have been one of the best in Canada. Yeah. I wouldn't have perhaps learned the lessons that you know of failure and mm-hmm. so eventually i would have obviously yeah, sure but you know because of the nature of my disability mm-hmm. there was no for example there was no offset for um para events sure f- back in the day yeah and so um if you got to offset you got to offset competing with everyone else and so it, it was a slightly different world and yeah. and some people you know people that advocate for um you know, it's an individual thing. It's particular to me. I wouldn't necessarily say that that people with um, intellectual, uh, with all sorts of disabilities should go into mainstream sport. 
but it was appropriate for me sure. at the time. Yeah. And and I definitely think it's it's it is individual like rated for for each person, I think. Yeah. So so, yeah, so I had a normal sporting experience, you know, with my last name. Um, I wanted to be a hockey player. <laughs> I did play hockey, yeah. but when checking came in, I yeah. I seemed to be like the deer on um, the Far Side cartoon that has a target <laughs> on its chest. Yeah. I was a bit like that deer yeah. because I was such a slow skater. Sure. So I gave up hockey and, yeah. and took up other winter sports. And I was never really, really good at anything other than running right and so that's why i did it <coughs> hey that's cool though at least you found something i mean yeah i mean everybody has something for sure like yes and at. it's a, it's about having the opportunity you know that's the that's the big thing in in the in the world around people who experience disability it's about giving people the opportunity to do what they want to do yeah or at least figure out what they're what yes. they want to do yeah and and sometimes you know, programs can be quite prescriptive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it should be up to the, the community to say, this is what we want to do. You know, I know for, for a fact that in Brazil, they're not playing, they don't have an ice hockey team like you do. Yeah. Because, the, you know, it's culturally not appropriate, yeah. but I bet you they have lots of football, soccer teams yeah. and things like that. And I think it's really, really important that um, the, the opportunities that people have, yeah. they be driven by the athletes yeah. um, rather than, than what's easiest for the programs and things like that. For sure. Yeah, give them, give them the choice. Yes. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the nice thing about Special Olympics, especially here anyways, because there's like 40 different sports that uh, an athlete can choose from. And if they don't like something... Try and try something else. Yes, yeah, it's great. I'm sure there's there's going to be something that they're going to like. Um, I was going to ask you something, but I completely forget what it was. Prove <laughs> <laughs> the same question I was. I, it, it was it was going along those lines. That's for sure. Um. Oh heck, I don't remember at all. Wow. Um, the, this Dr. Frank J. Hayden endowed chair in sport. What's that? Did you actually get a chance to meet uh, yeah, Dr. I have Hayden? Met, I have met him on a number of occasions. Yeah. He's a delightful chap. Yeah. Um, you know, he, his research was in, um, sport pedagogy, physical education and these sorts of things. And mm -hmm. he did the early research yeah. to, show that physical activity was important for, for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Yeah. And while I don't do that exact type of research, mm -hmm. my, my idea is that I want to, you know, push the envelope as to, you know, the special Olympics was, in, was, was invented, you know, developed over, over 50 years ago. Yes. And it needs to be, it needs to meet, remain current to what's going on in society today and, yeah. and so on and and meet the needs of the athletes and the parents and and families and, and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important that we get we get the voices of the athletes, the voices of the parents yeah. um, to to find out, you know, what they're interested in and so on. And mm. and you know the 
doing the sort of um, semi-structured interviews, observations of events, mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things is a way to to gather that data to get a sense of you know what the culture is. Yeah, and and again, the voices of people. The voices of people that aren't involved in the Special Olympics yeah. are just as important because we want, you know, we want to know why. Yeah. We know that there are more people with intellectual and developmental disabilities yeah. than are engaged in Special Olympics. Yeah. So why aren't those, you know, why aren't there, isn't there more involvement? Yeah. And and maybe it's because there's theater groups yeah. and and choirs and, and all sorts of different arts activities yeah. that are out there. If that's the case, that's fine. Yeah. But what I don't want to see is I don't want to see, um, I don't want to find that people who experience disability are staying at home and just doing nothing. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's actually what my question was. Now that I remember, yeah. it was is I, I don't know how or if you've um, been able to talk to those people who haven't had the chance to or or don't know about Special Olympics why why they haven't joined because we've asked. That before. We always ask that, yeah. Um, you know, like why why did it take you so long to join? Or, you know, what would you say to people who don't know about Special Olympics? One of the one of the things that, that we found from our research with uh, some of the parents in the in the London area was that from the point of diagnosis, mm-hmm. they were at a bit of a loss. Mm-hmm. And one of the things might be to get um you know, information into general practitioners, surgeries, mm-hmm. and waiting rooms, and, you know, information there about the, the type of activities that exist. Right. Because there seems to be a bit of a lag between uh, my child being diagnosed yeah. and r- realizing that there's a local chapter yeah. and these sorts of things. And what else What and, else do they can do? Right? And so it's about getting knowledge out there as yeah. well. Um, and the, the, you know, and so putting together sort of, um, uh, flyers that, that yeah. you know, or, or posters, la- nice laminated posters yeah. that celebrate the, the special Olympics that go on the wall in doctor surgeries or something like that, yeah. or at least, you know, educate the, 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 um, doctors, the general practitioners, yeah. what's out there. Right. So that, you know, and, and that, that can be said for any marginalized group. It's sure. just not people who experience yeah. intellectual and developmental disability. Yeah. But you get this horrific news, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a shock to the system anyway that yeah. your, your child is not normal. We, in our culture, we talk about children being born with all their fingers and all their toes and he's a healthy yeah. baby and yeah. these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then when, as the baby develops, we find that the baby might not be perfect. Right. And so, you know, and that was the case with me. Mm-hmm. So it, I wasn't diagnosed with cerebral palsy until I was two years old because I hadn't started to walk. Right. And so my parents took me to sick kids hospital in Toronto mm-hmm. where they told me that if they put a brace on my leg, I'd be able to walk. Mm-hmm. And they suggested, um, I have a, an operation to fuse my ankle mm-hmm. And I'd be able to walk. And my father um, was aghast at that yeah. because he knew, he was a track coach, <laughs> he knew that if you fused my ankle, I wouldn't be able, be able to run. run. Yeah. And the doctors 
you know, they said I wouldn't be able to ride a bike. I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't, yeah. I don't, I obviously don't remember this. No, no, no. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it was all about what I couldn't do. Yeah. I'm assuming if the same thing happens with a child born with cerebral palsy today, yeah. that would not be the response. This was 1968. Sure. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm assuming attitudes will have changed. Can you confirm? Um, I don't know. No. Well, what was your experience with Chloe then? <clears throat> um, with Chloe, we, what's, hers is like a behavior and global delays. Okay. So she'd be like, she's a 10 now, but she's still at the level of a four-year-old. So there's always going to be a. Right. A difference. In in terms of the... The age-wise, yeah. Right, okay. So did the doctors, <clears throat> much like... No, because I already knew all of that stuff. Right. Okay. That so it wasn't much of a... She's not going to play regular sports. I know the program's already... Right. Through, yeah. I mean, and that, that that's... It's lucky for Chloe yeah. that, that you, you, you had that knowledge. Yeah. And, but what we'd like to... See, we'd like to see is the More. the knowledge being given to the general practitioners yeah. so there isn't that gap they're not relying on mom and dad's knowledge yeah they they told us like she won't be able to do some normal things like a normal child would do and and stuff but yeah they didn't really tell us what she can do so not much has changed no perhaps it hasn't <laughs> and and that's i'm not sure some doctors might be a little different but yes i think Overall, in general, it's probably not much has changed. Yeah, no, and and the these you know the the power that the medical system has over you know what is normal and what is not, and you know we, we should be celebrating difference. We should be celebrating equality. Yeah. And you come in with a child, and you know there should be lots of different types of programs yeah. for for individuals with uh, across a physical spectrum, yeah. really. And and Special Olympics does offer that, like they oh, have they have oh, tots programs. And, oh yes, but yeah, no, I, I completely I completely understand and agree. Like, yeah, like the the I get well, we as coaches were were taught to say the the generic side of sports, um, like they should know what what is available and not mm. be so like Debbie Downers about. Yes, you know somebody's child. No, and I the the programs that the Special Olympics offers are wonderful. But it's about the gap between getting the diagnosis yeah. and then finding out about those yeah. programs. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, and if if there's frustration, I don't. I I guess a parent now would go. You know, they get home, they get a diagnosis. They 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 go onto the internet. They've you know. Yeah. It's, what what can my child do? What can my yes exactly yeah, and you know what Murray from um, George Bray has the exact same problem. Like he. He knows that there's, you know, tons of kids in, in the school programs that could benefit from being in, in a sport program like George Bray or Special Olympics. But yep. the school board is very... Uh, tight. Yeah. About how... They were very uh, not forthcoming with providing information on at least how many kids are in it. Like, they, you know, they wouldn't even provide him the opportunity to give the information to the teachers, to 
each of the schools to say, hey, this program is out there for all of these kids who... And was that for for insurance purposes? I mean, we don't he, know. he was never yeah. given any real... You know, in a world where like he's been trying to liability. Do it for, I mean, I don't know what what's yeah. what's the fear. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, they they never gave him any kind of explanation. It was just sort of shut the door, and it's never really been open for him. That's that's really unfortunate. Yeah, because he's gone to the board umpteen times. So to, many times. Yeah, and they just they you know, and and in a in a world, Canada was one of the first countries to sign the the um, UN Declaration on the Rights for individuals with disabilities mm-hmm. and, and that that came into effect in 2008 mm-hmm. and you know it's about access to buildings all these sorts of things it's yeah. really really important yeah. but it's all you know um what is it section 30 um of that uh declaration talks about the access to sport and recreation yeah and so you know if if somebody's running in a program if somebody is enthusiastic about the program, you know that's it's 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 really disheartening to yeah. hear that the the school board might be um, blocking access to, to of others yeah. to that program. Yeah, and and uh, he's he he's invited, you know, school trustees and board members like from from the board to to come out and and watch the you know the players Every, play, and they never come. Like they never. Nope take the invitation which is which is a shame because when we were talking to him like you can tell how much like the the program means to him and Mm. and how happy it makes him to see these athletes do it like he's been president since when did he say 1970 yeah 75 right now i do hope that's that's fantastic and you know a lot of these programs are run by charismatic individuals Mm -hmm. You know, and it becomes their their life's work and so on, and that's fantastic. Yeah. But I hope there is a succession plan, so that do, do, do you know, yeah. do you understand that yeah. they, he's training um, uh, the younger generation to take over? I would hope so because yeah. because that's that's really important because you don't want a program like that to just go away go away yeah. when he decides to step away yeah. or passes away. Yeah. Because we we asked him like how long he plans on doing, it, and he he's pretty much he's there for life. He's there right, for life. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, like he, he, he you're, you're absolutely right. Like I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to see that program go away, considering how long like it's been around basically as long as Special Olympics has been. Yep. Um, I think a year longer. Yeah. Um, and just to see you know 400 athletes that that have had hockey their entire life just disappear would be it would just be terrible. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. You I would know, cry. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> no. And, and it's, and, and so it's important in, in these organizations and it's difficult because, yeah. you know, somebody the to, to volunteer in an environment like this for so long, yeah. it, it becomes life consuming yeah. and it's hard to find somebody else that's going to want to have their life consumed by it as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, sort of deputies, if you will. Yeah. If you think of the old West where you've got the sheriff yep. and you've got a couple of deputies, yeah. that's the sort of, you know, I, so that these programs are sustainable yeah. beyond the, beyond the lifetime of the, the initial charismatic individual. Yeah. Cause that's what I find too. Like at, at least with, with the, with the London chapter, I'd probably say half of the people that are involved have been there 
a long time. Yep. Like as long as we've been alive. <laughs> and some longer. Some longer. And a majority of them are are parents of athletes. Now, not all of them are. Like Bill's not. No. And I don't think Dennis is. Uh, nope. But there, there's a good chunk of the people involved are athletes' parents. Yep. Um, now, I've only been involved with Special Olympics now for about two years. And I, I've been noticing that there are newer, like younger people around my age, some a little younger, that are starting to get involved. And they're, they have no, like, they're just involved in it. No, you know, no relatives, no, no nothing. So in that regard... It's good. But yeah, I don't know. Like if Bill goes or uh, Glenn goes, like I don't know who would want to step into that kind of role. But yeah. And, and the, you know, in order to make programs sustainable, that sort, those sorts of discussions have to be had. Yeah. You know, that, and it's not about pushing anyone out or anything like that, but it's about saying, you know, this must go on. It's, it's bigger than the individuals. Yeah. For sure. So how, how many students from Western is on your research team? Currently, my research t- team or my, um, the, the, the laboratory that I run, it's a, a social laboratory, so it's not a physical um, building with a lot of chemistry material, but it's <laughs> a, a physical laboratory. I, I co, um, co-run that with um, um, Carla Silva, who is actually my wife as well. She's a She's a professor at Western as well. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, two PhD students, um, four master's students currently. Yeah. And you're and, looking for another one? And w- we, we we're constantly lo- in, in, in the, a lookout for high-quality individuals. When I go it's for not, your master's? It, 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 <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it, we're constantly on the lookout for, for people who share our passion, really. Yeah. Because, um, you know disability sport is a niche area in the social cultural study of sport. Sure. And so you need to, you need to have a real passion for the area and, um, you know, want to give voice to a marginalized section of the community. Yeah. And even now, like, you know, we find that, you know, we're a little bit more understanding of intellectual disabilities, but you know, there's still a lot that a lot of people don't know or, they're just afraid to learn or I, I'm not really sure it's, it's, well, I think I believe there's, there is a slightly greater stigma associated with intellectual disability because there's a, you know, there's a greater stigma associated with mental health mm-hmm. and the, the line between the two can be, um, you know, is, is sometimes it's a little bit, yeah. is blurred. Yeah, it is now for sure. And, and I think that, you know, we, we seem to, we seem to, as a society, we seem to, you know, think about um, really embracing healthcare for for people with physical ailments. Mm-hmm. But it's it we're way behind the, the the curve in terms of what could be done in terms of um, mental health and so on. Mm-hmm. And I think because intellectual disability falls in the sort of m- m- mental realm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the, they're they're um, conjoined mental yeah. health and intellectual disability, and I think that's that's problematic. Yeah, and I don't know how to unpack that really, yeah. other there, than mental health is getting more. You know, there is a 
society seems to be realizing that mental health is an issue. Yes. Much more so than 20 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, it's still stigmatized, but it, yeah, it is becoming a little bit more, I don't want to say mainstream, but like it's, you know, it's coming out of the dark and, you know, it's, it's not really that scary of a thing. No, it, it shouldn't be. It, yeah. it should, should never have been. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, in society, we are getting better. What I want to do is I want to force society to get better more quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, the, you know, that's the, that's the, the agenda behind some of the research that I'm doing, uh, you know, working with the, the, the um, uh, Tom, Tom uh, Davies at Special Olympics Canada. He's the research officer okay. trying to, trying to get, uh, you know, people, academics to, um, you know, do research projects on the Special Olympics in various guises and so on. It's yeah. really, really important. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to know. Like, it's really good to push that that kind of education and knowledge out to to everyone, really. Because, I yes. mean, like, and you're right. Like, the same thing with mental health. I, I do find that, you know, people who have an intellectual disability or, or even a physical disability, you know, I hate saying normal people, but um, <clears throat> people who don't have that are still kind of, you know, leery and, you know, they won't engage with somebody that that might have them and and I don't know why like it's well it's, I do but it, it, it's in part because they're not educated about yeah, it they and, don't know. and you know your your experience of coming to 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 work with people with IDD and so on yeah. is predicated on my experience your experience yeah. which you didn't really have any hand in other than you were along for the ride, I guess, as yeah. it were. I don't say I was forced into it, but and like, yeah. yes, and I and I'm sure that my my brother and sister have a greater empathy for people with um, disabilities because of the experience of growing up with yeah. me. Yeah. But if the you know the people that are under the the bell curve for for normal, yeah. You know, didn't get that exposure, and certainly, yeah. you know, when I went to high school in the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was nobody in my high school. You know, now high schools are more inclusive. Yeah, they're more inclusive, but they're also exclusionary. So sometimes the st- the students are all in one space mm-hmm. rather than being in yeah. the their age specific classrooms and so on. Yeah, that's how it was in my high school. But it's it's getting better. Yeah. So the, y- y- seeing the people around, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the reasons that you know I switched focus from um, looking at. Um, professionalization of medicine in professional sport to focusing really on disability sport because it gave me an opportunity and you know a vehicle to to push for to push for greater inclusion to push for equality yeah and to celebrate the fact that we're all we all know we're all different but it seems that society as a whole thinks of well, we're all different, but as long as we're normal, that's fine. You can be different. You can wear you can wear green, or you can wear gray, yeah. or you can wear an luminous green. Yeah, that's that's different enough. Yeah. But what we need to encourage is you know difference in physical movement yeah. and and so on. Yeah. And and one of the ways we do that is that um, uh, Carla and myself, um, Carla leads it, but there's a course on. Um, disability in the moving body mm-hmm. 
which which is joint for health studies students and kinesiology students. Yeah. They can take in the third, fourth year mm-hmm. of their degree. Yeah. And it's about exposing them to some of these big ideas yeah. so that they can go out and then educate mm-hmm. a few other people. Okay. That's probably why we have a lot of the kinesiology students come out and uh, participate in in some of the... Even sports? Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's a it's a learning experience for them. Yeah, I know that's part of the reason too why um, my son's in high school. He's in grade ten, and uh, he comes out to um, the floor hockey. Yep. So mm-hmm. he's he's a, a junior volunteer now. So I wanted to to get him involved in something like that. Part partly because it was easy volunteer hours for him for for uh, high school, but at the same time, like I wanted to make sure that he had exposure to you know to varying people's. Um, range of disabilities and you know to because he was very very hesitant at first and obviously like like you said for a very good reason he didn't know and didn't really understand so you know i told him it's it's like normal bud like you yes just, you just go out and you have fun you just talk to them like normal and they're gonna talk to you like normal and yeah and that's what it was like it's he gets along fine like you know he joshes mm-hmm. around with a couple of the athletes and you know it's great so yeah it's just you're right, 100%. You got to get people involved in it and it's 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 exposure. Yeah. You know, and and it it's exposure in in the right sort of way yeah. and you know to for people to realize that 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 you know, we're all different yeah. and and to celebrate that. Yeah. And in, and too, the the love of sport can obviously bring a lot of people together. It certainly right. can, so yes. I do uh that's why I did it partially too cuz it's fun. Yeah. Growing growing up with with your disability with your brothers and sisters, was there like a, a difference in like would they go, Oh, David gets more than us because of he has disabilities or was there I'm not entirely sure. Um, <laughs> my my parents would if my parents were still alive, they would say they treated us all equal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to know from um, f- from the inside. Um, I I do know that you know my uh, my brother and sister, you know treat we we treat each other the same way. So you know it's it, there are, there are certain things that I that I can't do because you know um, because of. Um, my mobility and things like that, but that never stopped us from just doing everything together. And, um, you know, I'm, I was extremely fortunate, um, to have the brother and sister that I had. Maybe, I, I mean, it was charmed to have the parents that I had. Um, you know, they resisted sending me to a special school for, mm-hmm. for one thing. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with special schools, but the socialization that I received, you know, I wouldn't have been as teased as much as I was at high school and elementary school Mm -hmm. if I'd gone to special schools. But I also wouldn't have learned, you know, my father was very, very vocal about this being an able-bodied world. Yeah. And that you've got to fit into it as as best you can. And, And, you know, some might see that as tough love. I don't know how people relate to that today. But... I can you know, see that being a little harsh, but again, like, yeah. I, you know, 
I see where he's going with it. You know, you, you definitely there's need no, to. there's, you know, big people are not going to, um, you're not going to, his view was that you've got to just, um, go with it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I know that it, a lot of people get teased at high school. I got teased because of my physical disability. Maybe yeah. I was also a uh, bit of a twit or a, a, an idiot at school or whatever it might be. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's shaped who I am and it, it's, it's all a product yeah. of how I got yeah. to be a endowed professor at Western. Yeah. You know, if I'd, if I'd been experienced, if I'd ex been exposed to special schools, I may not have made that transition like I have. It, or my path would have certainly been slightly different at yeah. least. Well, it probably would have been more, more of a, a, a huge shock going from that special school and, you know, being a relatively able-bodied person and then mm. you, you go into the, the real world and then it would be, you know, you weren't ready for that. Perhaps, yes. I mean, you never know. But no, and, and I think that, that you know, with, with, with parents, and I know there's, if you go to Indigo or wherever you buy your books, you can find loads and loads of books on parenting. Oof, yeah, There certainly weren't books on parenting that many when my parents were raising myself and my brother and my sister. Mm -hmm. And so they just, you know, they went with their gut. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really, really fortunate in yeah. that, you know, I still get along really well with my brother and sister and um, they're great people. And yeah. 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 Whenever uh, any, any new parents of like my, my age, they're asking like, Oh, what books did you read? And I'm like, none. That's <laughs> the worst thing you can do yes. is read a book. But no, that's good. I mean, it does sound like obviously your your parents were were very, um, you know, I don't know how to say this, but they were they, they were looking out for you, obviously. But yeah, you know. yeah, but they were also there's no there's no place to hide. Yeah, and They're being realistic. Yeah, really. Yeah, and that's and, good too. And you know, I I think I was charmed because of that. Mm -hmm. You know, because. The way they did it made me who I am today. So if they had done it a different way, if I'd gone to a special school, I may not be here talking to you today, but I might be doing something else. And I might, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah, you know, you don't know. You, it's, it, you know, it's like um, uh, the film 20 years ago, something like that, with Gwyneth Paltrow called Sliding Doors. Mm -hmm. She makes the subway train on one sequence in the film she doesn't make the subway train on another sequence in the film and it changes her life. Mm -hmm. And if you think about life like that, so, you know, I'm interacting with you guys for the first time today and, you know, it, it's going to change each of our lives in a small way mm -hmm. um, because of the interaction and, yep. and the interaction that we have with everyone that we meet yep. on a daily basis. Yep. And so if we can take the, the opportunity mm -hmm. to make those interactions positive and constructive and, you know, celebration of difference and celebration of equity, mm -hmm. then, you know, the world in a slow trickled sort of way is going to become a better place. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't agree more. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any, um, <clears throat> like what are the, uh, the main points that you're going to be focusing on? Over the next little while, uh, I think that we're we're trying to 
one of the one of the difficulties is in in the research that we do is is translating research that's um, physical research if we if we go to sporting events and mm-hmm. observe them and so on and so forth how do we translate that into two-dimensional Data. paper mm-hmm. academic forms right the the we we really need to um, explore ways of making our research more accessible right and that's one of the things that you know I'm trying to work with um, Tom Davis at, at Special Olympics in terms of the people that are being funded by Special Olympics Canada on the research projects and so on, mm-hmm. talking to them about um, getting um, digestible sound bites mm-hmm. from from the from the data that people around the country are collecting, sure. so that that can filter into the local branches of Special Olympics, and so that we can we can push the agenda forward. Yep. It's about the knowledge translation is a huge um, thing right now. It's yep. It's no good uh, me sitting in, in the, the ivory tower, if you will, of Western and thinking wonderful things about how to change, you know, or suggest changes to the Special Olympics movement. Yeah. If that, inf- the, that yeah. data and stuff does not get down to where change can take place. Right. And I encourage all researchers, you know, it needs to be, it's, it's in the title, the, the, the Frank Hayden Endowed Chair for Sport and Social Impact. Right. Unless we can make the the research um, transferable, mm-hmm. there's not going to be much impact. Mm-hmm. So, I know, like obviously, you're you're focusing a lot of the the research here around London and and Ontario. Like, do you have any kind of partners or or communications with branches outside of Ontario or London? Uh, the, the current research is is with uh, Special Olympics Ontario. Okay, um, but you know. In the future, we hope to expand, e- expand, and and sure. and, and um, look at across the country, and mm-hmm. and you know, even I'm in talks with people in the U.S. and and the U.K. Mm-hmm. and looking at you know global comparative yeah. stuff. So so what are you doing in Britain that that we might learn from, and what are we doing that you might learn from, mm-hmm. and and these kinds of of knowledge exchanges. Yeah, because I think it's really you know and um, Special Olympics International, um, you know, is starting to think uh, more globally about about the research agenda for mm-hmm. um, Special Olympics, and and that, you know, will give a comparative yeah. comparative opportunities. That's cool. Like I never I never realized that that you know that was something that was being done. So yeah, me either. That's really neat. That's really cool. Yeah, do appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank hopefully it, it uh, hopefully it can really you know i mean one of the things is that that it's not a social cultural research is not a quick fix no definitely not you've got to spend time in the trenches if you will mm-hmm. figure out the the culture and and so on yeah. before you can really assess yeah. you know p- potential positive changes yeah. and things like that yeah and so it's slightly different than lab-based research oh, where you can yeah. run athletes through a battery of yeah. tests yeah. and say, well, if you know a- these athletes went through these tests, they become physically more competent, yeah. then we should get more athletes to do the same thing. Yeah. That is useful research, yeah. but it's different than the research that I do. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. Social is, is very <laughs> opposite of yeah, what... Well, uh, and, and it's like 
you know, you think about almost Christmas time, the sound of music will be on the television somewhere because it's always on at Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about the Maria and capturing the, the moonbeam. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you solve a problem like Maria? It's capturing the moonbeam in your hands. It's mm-hmm. social research is like that because yeah. when you close your hands, it's gone. <laughs> you've got nothing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely more more people involved to to get that information is is absolutely crucial. So, because obviously you can't be everywhere at once. No, no. And uh, yeah, and I and it's it's wonderful to hear about uh, programs here that are here even in London. Yeah, and so on. But again, you know, there are wonderful there are wonderful programs right around the country that are affiliated with Special Olympics Canada. And, you know, there's, there's not enough researchers to go around that there's a researcher at every program. For for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like uh, apart from like the Special Olympics, like we said, and the George Bray, there's also like Chloe, uh, Chris's daughter is also involved. Dreams come true. Dreams come true, which is an all abilities. um, Musical studio. Yeah. Musical studio. Um, they've got a, a pretty, pretty popular program that they sell out, um, like shows. Um, you know, and that, that's fantastic, you know, because I love music myself and, and, um, I think that, you know, just having a, a whole plethora of different activities Mm -hmm. that people with IDD can do is really, really important. Yeah. Well, we'll give you Allison's, uh, information too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Chloe's also involved. And, and one of my powerlifting athletes is involved in, uh, like, a cheerleading program, yep. which, again, is Chloe's outside of Special Olympics. Mm. Um, it's an so. all-ability cheerleading, too. Great. Yeah. So so London does have a plethora of, of all-ability programs outside of Special Olympics. So That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, don't, yep. I don't have the contact information for that kind of stuff. But, again, if it's something that, that you know, would, would help your, your research and and that uh, it's obviously something that you can look I, into. I, I think that the, the move to all abilities is, is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to start de-emphasizing high performance sport. Um, as much as I love my experience as a high performance <laughs> athlete, as much as I like to watch um, the world cup and, and yeah. the Raptors and the Leafs, unfortunately. That's um, too bad. We're <laughs> <laughs> Wings fans, so. Well, well we yes. had uh, a good start. <laughs> the, um, you know, the, it's, um, there, there's too much money spent on it and, yeah. and money could be spent a lot better on other things. Yeah. And, you know, the rethink about, the rethink that's going on about Hockey Canada because of all the, the dark things that have happened. Um, yeah. You know, is it, will it, lead to the emphasis on high performance and things like that it's yeah i i agree with you i'm i'm in a little bit of a of a you know split mind of that mm-hmm. like i do obviously you know if if i want to watch some sports i do want to see the best athletes perform that game but i do also agree that there should be less emphasis on specifically those ones mm. and you're right like of the all abilities or you know, yes. should should get more attention, should have more funding for it. Absolutely. Like we shouldn't be paying Aaron Judge three hundred million dollars to swing a stick. Yeah. When some of that I like obviously it's it's you know one guy that's paying that yes. money. But you know, if we if we even took a fraction of that and put that into a Special Olympics in, in New York and, and allowed those Yes. Athletes to have that opportunity. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 but it's really, really difficult in today's world because, you know, even, even political figures, you know, the, the governments and people complain about the governments now, they don't have the real power. It's the uh, corporations. And, yeah. You know, these, the, the money isn't with the government and as it's, they do have tax money, but yeah. You know, it's, 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 All it's the a corporate difficult donations. Sell. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, we do have, are, are you good? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, we do have one more question. <clears throat> it's not a serious question. So okay. I know we, we've, we've had a very serious, uh, talk here. And, and again, we do appreciate Until he it. mentioned the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have an ongoing question. This is sort of our, um, one question, our one question. Um, what is your preference, chips or sweets? Chips or sweets. Mm-hmm. So chips. if I had a bowl of chips and candy, I'm yes. What, what are you I, reaching I, for? I'm reaching for the chips. Attaboy. Chips. Yes. Chips one there. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a savory sort of guy. Excellent. Basically. Excellent. Good choice. Very good. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Yes, yeah, thank no. you for coming. And, really, and thank really you for Summer for, for um, being so attentive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a suck. She's out here all by herself, and yeah. uh, she gets the whole uh, insulated garage to herself uh, during the wintertime. She's uh, usually free roaming right in the summer, but uh, obviously it's too cold, and we've got some pretty big dogs, and they like to sit on her. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> We have we have three big St. Bernards in there, so it's uh, not a lot of room for it's a cat. They're stuffy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she gets the whole garage to herself. But yes, um, again, David, thank you, thank yeah. you so much for coming out. We really you're do very appreciate welcome. It. I really thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah, thank it's, you. Uh, very very great work that you're doing in the uh, intellectual disability space, and uh, we hope that you can get some positive feedback out of a lot of stuff and, yeah. and, you know, open a lot of eyes. Thank you. Thank you. So with that, that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> Shut her down. Shut her down. Shut her down. Until next week, folks, be safe, be kind. See you next week. Bye everybody. Bye.